0: Hey, what's going on? It's your best friend, Zach Lyman, The Zach Lyman Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Happy to be here. Uh, Yeah, we took a minute off, but we are back. There's going to be new episodes. Uh, I I have at least five new episodes that will be coming out. So, um, yeah, let's just get this ball rolling again, you know? Let's just get this, uh, this comedy train going down the comedy mountain, you know? Thank you so much. What have you been up to? Oh, well, that's cool. And how's the family? Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok recently. Uh, once I became a TikTok partner, I did not realize how, uh, how much time would be spent on there. Just, just making videos look good. You know, just trying to do my thing on TikTok. Uh, you can follow me at Zach Lyman Podcast on TikTok. Have you checked out the new website yet? ZachLymanPodcast.com. Beautiful website. Uh, check that out. Uh, also, I just you know I've been spending a lot of time going to Goodwill. And going to Goodwill all the time, and just just buying things and tinkering and fixing and and and, and then reselling things. I've been getting big into that. Just big into. Just buying broken things and making them not broke. Uh it's cool. It's uh it's been a, like a hobby, but I'm I'm stoked, man. Comedy seems like uh it might be coming back. So I might I might be coming out of retirement, you know? I might uh might not be a retired comedian soon. So, I you know, I just I've been picking up every hobby possible. Just been just doing tinkering and and buying retro video games and just trying to fill time, you know, until and tell, and tell comedy, just sweet, sweet comedy can come back. I went and saw my first improv show in seven months. I saw improv last Saturday, and uh, it was just, it was great. It was great to see my friends and them doing doing the jokety jokes, and it sounds like in October I might have a show that I might do, you know? I, I, I might finally do it. I, I, I haven't been doing any comedy for over, it's going to be at that point, it'll be like eight months, you know? So I just been sitting on these episodes waiting for uh, my health to feel better. Just been a little on the sick side. And now that I feel much better and I'm able to record an intro like this, I, I, I'm going to release them. So I got five recorded and I think I'm going to set up some more interviews and, you know, maybe late. Late uh late September we're rolling again and then all of October so uh, thank you so much check out my website Zach Lyon podcast if you're trying to support me there's t-shirts available uh because you know I I'm I'm done with the sponsor game right now uh unless you know people approach me and if they want to be a sponsor of my podcast that's great but uh that's how I'm doing it I'm just gonna be hey go to my website buy a t-shirt guy for right now so. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's just get into it. This episode is with Cold Brew Chick from Instagram. Uh, I've met her at Coffee Fest, I believe, is the first time I met her. So this is just, we talk about cold brew, and we talk about traveling. And, uh, you know, I feel kind of dumb, but I do that one thing where I'm like, oh, that's a city I've never been to? Tell me everything about that city. Like, I, I put her on the spot, you know? Like I I feel bad that I was like, be my tour guide. But uh no, nah, it's a good conversation. We had a lot of fun. Let's just get into it right now. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for I having me.
1: I'll be no. honest, it's been a while since I've podcasted, not only as a guest, but on my own podcast too. So it feels nice to plug in a microphone again and talk to
0: somebody. <laughs> yeah. How long has it been since you podcasted, do you feel like? Uh,
1: I think two months.
0: Oh, that's too long man.
1: Yeah, it's I- rough. It's, it's tough when you have a podcast where you are relying on other people for your content. And what I mean yeah. is when you're interviewing other people. Um, Because it's not like you can just plug in your microphone and start recording. You know, you have to schedule time with somebody. um, And, you know, my podcast is very specific. It's about cold brew, right? So I can't just interview anybody. It needs to be people in the cold brew or coffee industry. So it's been a little slow, but, you know, it's all good. It's all good.
0: Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it is hard. And that's like I've had my podcast for years. But uh, at the same time, it's just like I've taken – months off months and months off and then i've gone back and then like now recently i'm like heavily back in love with podcasting so Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty
1: about podcasts is that you know your content never goes away so even if you aren't like in my case i'm not regularly producing episodes right now all my 70 episodes are still there and people can still find it and discover it um you know so that's kind of the beauty is that it it doesn't disappear right it's always gonna be there
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's, um, so that leads me to what I want to talk to you today about, is why Why is every, every, everything I know about you, and it seems like everything that you do, is very cold brew. Why cold brew out of any kinds of coffee and anything you could possibly do in the world? Why cold brew?
1: yeah well first of all hi my name is rachel
0: <laughs> I'm oh rachel- yeah yeah i should i you should introduce yourself
1: i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do an intro in your episode you'll put it in there but i i guess i should introduce myself as well um my name is rachel dillon i am the chick behind cold brew chick which is a blog and podcast about cold coffee um and i got started when i was a student at san diego state i was majoring in nutrition and at the time Um, You know, my love affair with coffee started when I entered college, and I started as just a hot coffee drinker, but um, what I found was that I was starting to get acid reflux when I drank coffee, and was upset because I didn't want to give up coffee, I'm pretty sure anyone that drinks coffee doesn't want to give it up, um, but also didn't want to deal with those side effects, right? So lucky for me around this time is when cold brew was really becoming mainstream and becoming popular, and this is around 2014, 2015. Um, when this happened. And um, I fell in love at first sip. I always kind of favored iced coffee over hot coffee. So to me, Mm. this was like the best iced coffee i had ever had. Um, I just loved the richness. I loved that it wasn't bitter. I loved that I could get different flavors. Um, I loved that there was a nitro option. Um, And then I loved that um, when I drank it, I had no Heartburn. It was amazing. Um, and came to find out it was kind of because of the science of how it was made. So, being a nutrition major at San Diego State, um, I was regularly making cold brew for myself, drinking it, um, and had to do a project to wrap up my major. And I got together with one of my professors, and I told him, you know, I kind of want to do something on cold brew. I want to learn more about why is it that I can drink it and I have no acid reflux issues. Um, and at the time, I'm thinking well, maybe I'll just like go on the internet and read some articles and then maybe I'll just put together like a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> you know, very much school minded. Right. Um, yeah. and he luckily had a great professor who was very like, yeah, just kind of do whatever you want to do and have fun with it. Um, so I went on the internet and I didn't find much. I found very basic, like cold 101. What is cold How do you make it? kind of stupid. Um, but it wasn't, I was kind of looking for something more. Right. So I had this idea instead, you know, how about I, instead of, you know, just spending time on the internet, how about I go out in the community and I review every cold brew in San Diego. And along the way, I talk to the people that make the cold brew and the people in the coffee industry and learn from them. Um, and so that's how that project got started. And I'd kind of always been interested in having a brand or having a blog, um, for a long time it was fitness. And then for a while it was kind of, into um, you know eating disorders and food psychology, um, but they're very saturated fields. And I thought like, oh, you know, if this is a project I do at school and it I started as a brand or started as a blog, maybe it will become something, right? Because right. I'm not finding this cold brew information out there. Maybe I can create it and if, if not the first be, you know, the best. Um, so that kind of helped drive to do it as well, um, and that's how Cold Chick was born. And so I, that's what I did. I went around, I made a list, went through Yelp, try to find as many coffee shops as I could, and had a list of all the ones to go explore. Um, and along the way, I would go get a cold brew. I'd always ask, you know, how is this made? Um, What beans do you use? How long do you steep it for? Um, If the manager was there or if the person that made the cold brew was there, I would talk to them and I would you know, find out as much as I could about coffee and about the cold brew. Um, And that's kind of how the podcast got born too, is I would go to these coffee shops, right? And would have sometimes hour, hour and a half long conversations with people about coffee, about their experiences. And I thought, well, there has to be somebody else out there in the world that would enjoy listening to this as much as I do. Um, So I ended up starting to bring a microphone with me and (laughs) starting conversations and that's how the podcast was born um and it's just kind of grown from there um ever since it got started so in case you were dying to know i did get an a on that project (laughs) and here we are it's been about um three and a half years later
0: okay so it seems like yeah started with a project and then do you feel like over time not only like your curiosity but also just like your love for it grew and that's why you like obviously like you still are doing it now
1: yeah I'm I'm a very I would consider myself a very passionate person I'm very much um zero or a hundred, right? I'm either all in or I'm not in at all. So if I like something <laughs> or I love something, I love it. Right. And I, I get fueled off of other people's passions as well. So to be okay. passionate about something, right. Cool brew. And then talk to other people that are passionate about it. It just fueled me more. Um, and I just, I loved learning about it. And I loved seeing, seeing what people did with it too. Right. Because I, I consider myself blessed (laughs) in that uh, San Diego is very abundant in cold brew and also very creative with cold brew. There are a lot of people out in that city that are doing amazing different things with cold brew that I haven't seen anywhere else in the nation. Um, So I was very fortunate in that I had a lot to explore. Um, and I had a lot to learn from the people in the coffee industry out there. Um, so that just, anytime I would find a new way to make cold brew or a new cold brew drink or a new, um, style, you know, it just was like, Oh my gosh, this exists. I just want to learn more about it. So yeah. definitely passion filled by passion.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's something I get on the podcast and then also at coffee fest too. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, like even when I'm on the podcast and maybe I'm interviewing someone that does something completely different than what I do in my life and just like hearing their passion. And then I like, I get amped for it. And I'm like also all of a sudden into this great idea or this great thing that they're doing. And uh coffee fest is very much that way too, of just like when I'm there and people are talking about like what they do with their coffee. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm so amped. And then like, in the past being like an espresso judge and a cold brew judge. And like, I just get amped doing that. Cause I'm like, I get to try. My job is to judge these amazing things that they're making. And I'm like, how cool is that? But I get to be on that side of it. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, when did you start going to coffee fest?
1: I, my first coffee says, Kyla, words are hard. My first <laughs> coffee fest I went to, I actually it was the first year that I had started Cobra Chick. Um, by this point, my project was done, but okay. I was actively pursuing Cobra Chick as a brand um, and still reviewing cold brews in San Diego and whatnot. Um, and I had heard um, through Instagram scrolling or talking to uh, probably a barista about Coffee Fest, and it was this trade show for coffee. Um, but what really intrigued me about it was that they had this cold brew competition, um, America's Best Cold Brew. And it would be 32 different coffee companies competing with their cold brew, and I just thought, oh my gosh, the chance to not only try 32 different cold brews, but to meet different um, yes. cold brew people, um, because that, this one was going to be hosted in Portland, um, which is to me like the mecca of coffee, right? So <laughs> to go to Portland, you know, to go to some okay. coffee shops up there, and then to you know meet people and network. You know, I just started out, so I wanted to learn as much as I could, and also just introduce myself as much as I could, um, I wanted to go. Um, so like uh, at the time i I was in San Diego, I was working um, and again, I was in Portland. So I kind of made it work, found a flight, found a friend's couch. I could crash on um, and went to coffee fest and it actually worked out really well where two San Diego coffee companies were there um, seven seas roasting and steeping giant. Um, and so they kind of took me under their wing and kind of, let me hang out with them um, since I was all up there by myself. Um, and I'm yeah. an extrovert, so I don't like to be alone. For really long. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was great. They also had a cold brew class that year that was, I believe, taught by, not Toddy, um, Brewista, and I want to say Fredericks, I can't remember the other name. But it was a really interesting cold brew class about the history of cold brew. Oh, um,
0: okay. You
1: know, tips and tricks for it being made. Um, So that was like the first thing I did. And then I went to the competition and I did try all 32 cool brews on that first day um, and learned a very important lesson when it comes to caffeine consumption. Um, And, I get just, you know, introduce myself. I always ask people, you know, how did you make your cold brew? What beans did yeah. you use? What should I be tasting? Um, and I remember that year someone served their cold brew through a wine decanter that was like their special cool thing.
0: Yes. I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was really just, and it was really cool because everyone had a different opinion or a different view on cold brew, right? Yeah. Um, you'd be surprised for as simple as a drink. Cold brew is there are very differing views on what a cold brew should taste like um, how strong it should be you yeah. know how how it should be made you know the purity of the temperature of the water right people get very serious and analytical about it um so to be up in the north portion of the world right it's interesting to see the different views and different ways people made their cold brew um and just make a lot of great connections and i mean there's people friends i made from that coffee fest that i still keep in touch with and know to this day um so yeah that was the first one i went to um and then after that was new york because normally the new york one their east coast one is in march i didn't go to that one but the next one was going to be in la Uh, and being in san diego i'm like oh i can do la i can just drive up there (laughs) um and at the time i was a uh Poor college student. This is when I was uh, had just graduated and was in the middle okay. of applying for uh, my dietetic internship. So I was trying to. Um, was, luckily, I was able to attend. I mean, this trade show. It's meant for people only in the coffee industry, right? So it's not open to the public per se. So I was able to get in as media, right? Being a coffee blogger. Yeah. Um, but I also offered to them. You know, again, they were going to have another Cobra competition. Thirty-two Cobra's competing, um, and. One of the things I noticed is when they did the New York one, there wasn't a lot of coverage about the Cobra competition. And right. being Cobrew fan, I wanted to know, hey, like what Cobrews won? Like, you know, what did they do? Um, who else was competing? Like I just you know, since I couldn't be there, I just kinda wanted to know what was going on. Yeah. So I offered to them, I said, Hey, the last day of the competition, would you be interested in letting me do like an Instagram takeover? Um and what I offered is, you know, I would just like to go on your Instagram and just that last day on your Instagram stories, maybe interview the, the finalists. Um, Cause that third day it's only um, four cold brews in each category. So eight cold brews and then they announce the winners. So I was like, you know, maybe I can just interview them really quickly or just mention like what their cold brew is and then um, make a note of like, maybe find a judge and interview them and then just kind of cover like who won the competition. Right. Cause I, it's, again, it's, I'm always thinking like this is stuff that I think is interesting. So I, would think someone else would find it interesting too
0: and 100%. it ended up being
1: it ended up being really fun um and people very much enjoyed it um and that's kind of how i've been able to go to other coffee fests now um outside of california
0: there you go yeah um so definitely uh i think is i'm guessing that's the one that i met you at I think, was the L.A. Yes,
1: you were one of the judges, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's when I was, I think that was my first time judging cold brew, and I was very excited, and (laughs) I got to do it with, like, some of my, uh, one of my friends was also a judge, and it was just a great time, and uh, it was nice. It was a different experience than doing, like, the espresso judging, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I was very happy that I got to do something cool while I was there, you know? Like, I'm just... Yeah. I'm, I'm just a comedian hanging out around coffee people now, you know, like I don't have a job in coffee anymore. And, uh, so it's just nice to be, like, included and be like, yeah, my knowledge is worth something or my feelings on something is worth something, even <laughs> though I'm just a comedian hanging out. <laughs> like, that's, that's all I'm doing. But, I'm uh, kind of like
1: you, too. I know we're both um, people that don't necessarily work in the coffee industry. Um, I myself, I'm a dietician, um, so I've never actually worked in a coffee shop um, in any capacity. But one of the things that's beautiful about the coffee industry, that the very opening and welcoming um so even people like us you know (laughs) baristas or roasters um but we're just very very passionate about it um you know it's if you're passionate about coffee then you can get along with anybody in the coffee yeah
0: yeah and that's like that's something that came up recently on the podcast where we're talking about like networking Mm -hmm. and like how as a comedian or like uh being like in the marketing world there's always like networking parties or something like that And how I don't really do those things, but I go to like Coffee Fest and that's like my version of networking because I'm networking with like people that do cool stuff. But there's always that moment where they're like, people are like, so what do you do in coffee? And I go, I don't do anything in coffee. And I'm just like... <laughs> like I'm
1: awkward.
0: Just, yeah. I'm like, I just, uh, I'm just here. <laughs> and, now, and now my badge says podcast. And they're like, oh, your podcast is about coffee? And I'm like, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's heavily coffee. <laughs> Once in a while, yeah. <laughs> um, but going back to, uh, you said something earlier about uh, people around you actually doing... Some crazy stuff with cold brew. What is what? What is some examples of that around you that's going on?
1: Yeah. Um. So, I think one of the first crazy cold brews I ever heard about was emerging cold brew. Um. And I will. Gladly tell this story. Um, when, very early on when I was doing Cold Brew Chick, I heard of a company called Mostra Coffee. To this day, one of my all-time favorite coffee shops. These guys are amazing. Um, they're in Rancho Bernardo from San Diego. And these guys, uh, you know, I was just very early on doing this. I just reached out to them saying, hey, can I just come by sometime? Because I always would like to message a shop before I came just to make sure someone was there that I could talk to about the cold brew. Um, so I messaged them and they're like, Hey, yeah, come down. And they had this whole like sample set up for me and they showed me the roaster and they gave this whole in-depth presentation. But one of the cold brews that they were sampling for me, was called one Brazilian coconuts. And they were explaining to me that it was a cold brew that during the steeping process, they added vanilla bean and coconut. I thought, what the heck? You know, you didn't just brew something with coffee, you added something else. And it's like, yeah. And the idea is that, you know, you are imparting those additional flavors during the cold brew process without having to add, you know, a syrup or a milk afterwards, right? So you're essentially creating a zero calorie coffee still, but then you're adding some fun flavor to it. Um, And I took a sip and I was blown away to this day. That cold brew is one of my all time favorite cold brews. Um, And it's that moment of trying that was just, I never forget it because it just, I mean, it literally blew my mind if my mind could have been blown. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Wow. So Emerging Cold Brews was kind of like the first, like, oh my gosh, like people are doing these things with cold brew where they add things that aren't coffee. Um, And then there was a shop. um, It's kind of more mainstream now. I'm seeing it more and more often, but I think they were the first, Ryan Brothers in San Diego, they did hot nitro cold brew, right? So I think most people know what nitro cold brew is, right? It's a cold brew that looks like a beer, has a foam head.
0: Um, But
1: they were able to create technology so that it came out hot. Um, So you had a hot Nitro Cool Brew. Um, that was crazy to see that.
0: Um, <laughs> people, uh, yeah, that's just like everything about my body was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Because <laughs> it's just so not what you normally have. So that's no. like, that's so different.
1: And it's still like, I don't think a lot of people have heard about it or you don't see it in shops commonly because um, the technology is a little bit tricky, right? Yeah. Um, but more, I saw at this last coffee fest, someone had technology for it. So I think it might become a thing we'll see okay. um, it's really cool it's very tasty i liked it um i've seen people brewing with hops um i've seen um we have a there's a cafe in san diego called trident um and they are a tap room of just cold brew and they do a lot of wow. different immersion cold brews um people playing with carbonation in cold brew
0: um i had no idea that san diego is like such a hotbed for cold brew like, oh that yeah. Is- it really sounds like it because oh. like, I'm in Phoenix and uh, I mean, I have my own thoughts on Phoenix coffee in general, but <laughs> uh, my, that's just, it's, it's always, that's like, like only from traveling have I been like, like, Oh, are you going to Portland? And there's like literally a coffee shop in every corner and there's like, you know, and then like Seattle's got crazy stuff going on and New York and, and uh, but never have I been like, Oh, cold brew.
1: San Diego yeah and you wouldn't think of that right most people think like oh Seattle Portland, New York, maybe San Francisco for coffee capitals right and you're not wrong having been to those cities I've seen like yeah this is where some very prestigious and famous roasters have come from but I was shocked when I went to these cities expecting with cold brew being what it is now like oh maybe I'll find like really unique cold brews or kind of the same thing like shops that only do cold brew and it's not the case over there it's just a lot of really great specialty coffee roasters which kind of more solidify my belief that san diego really is the cold brew capital of the nation because it is the only city i have found where you have people doing these really unique cold brews where you have shops that only do cold brew because trident isn't the only one anymore now there's like two others that's all they do is cold brew and they just do different cold brews and that is their coffee shop um, wow. and does, I mean, it helps, too, that our weather is pretty much always cold brew weather. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really is. We have a cold competition in December because we can. I mean, it really is, like, the. Yeah. yeah.
0: I had no idea. That's so fascinating. But now you know. Yeah. Because, like, in, in – so, it sounds like, like many cities, uh, their coffee culture – people probably don't know this – but coffee culture in a lot of cities that are bigger – is um, like a family, you know? They all kind of have their their Lataira throwdowns and they have their get-togethers and they all know each other. And um, it's very like, like in, like in Portland, I can, I remember like going to like where they just had talks where they're just having panels about coffee and and having get-togethers. And um, it seems like that's how you guys are there too.
1: Oh yeah, we have uh, throwdowns, the Colby competition every year. Um, very much, it's a it's a bustling, but it's a small community. Um, it's definitely growing, I would say, um, and it's more and more now. When I leave San Diego, San Diego, and I mention San Diego Roasters, people know who I'm talking about. Um, it's definitely mm. getting made for itself. So it's like, I mean, like I like you and I were saying, like we're not technically in the coffee industry, but again, it kind of feel like a part of it just because it is so welcoming and um, yeah going to those events. Yeah. I mean, people know who I am. I know who they are, I even to their shops. Um, it's a, it's a fun, I sadly don't live there anymore, but it's a great coffee community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what made you move away then?
1: So I became a registered dietitian last July. Um, Congrats. I did the exam and pass. Thank you. Thank you. I'm now RD, the RD. <laughs> <Kind> <laughs> like I was born to become a dietitian in a way. Um, and my hope was to stay. I mean, I was raised in San Diego. I went to school in San Diego. I love San Diego with all my heart. Um, but when I graduated and was looking for jobs, I couldn't, I wasn't really finding anything. Um, San Diego is awesome in that, again, the weather is fantastic. It's a wonderful city, but on the flip side, everyone wants to live there. So the job market for my position is um, very competitive. And okay. coming, out of, coming out of my internship and everything, you know, I had no dietitian experience. I had nutrition experience, but not as a dietitian. Um, So I had been a couple months, I wasn't really getting interviews, I hadn't been hired, um, and a position became available in Palm Springs. And funny enough, I'd never been to Palm Springs before, except for the month before I took my exam, I was on a girls trip out there, and I was actually in the middle of like finishing my internship. I remember like finishing my projects by the pool um, and like wrapping it up. And so that was the first time I'd ever been to Palm Springs, I hated it. 105 (laughs) degrees i'm like i'm just sitting here by the pool like sweating why would anyone want to live here this is horrible um but a job position became available um and it was a great opportunity you know it was full time it was a chance for me to live on my own explore a different place it wasn't too far from home from san diego it's about two and a half hours away um i ultimately i took it i was like you know what let's just let's do this um so i moved out here and it's been I, like, I do like Palm Springs now. It's grown on me. Um, the weather hasn't. It's still very much, you know, you're either a desert person or you're not. I'm not a desert person. But there have really? been some gems out here, um, including coffee, actually. They have quite a few coffee shops out here that are very, very good, um, and roasters as well. So it's definitely nice. not the coffee community that San Diego is, but it is out here. Um, and like I said, kind of the beauty is that you're near everything enough, right? So like, you can drive to LA for coffee, and go to yeah. San Diego for coffee. Phoenix is, you know, four hours away. Um, things are nearby. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. But the plan is to return to San Diego sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's just the weather. But I've spent very little time in Palm Springs. But I know that a lot of people vacation in Palm Springs yes so what's um i I guess is it just like a a resort type of area or is it all heavily based on that or
1: it's more so um because in the winter time the weather out here is beautiful and actually i was shocked um i thought it was never gonna get cold out here (laughs) and and during the winter i mean i remember i would be leaving you know to go to my car to go to work and it would be 35 degrees outside it definitely gets cold um but in the winter months um a lot of people from canada and from other parts of the nation like to come here and stay here they call them snowbirds um right because the weather's gorgeous and you know wherever they're at it's winter time so they probably aren't enjoying it yeah um But I know like, you know, Coachella is obviously here and Stagecoach, so people come for the concerts. Um, That's been different, you know, this year because of COVID and they got canceled. Um, And I think some people really do just generally like the the dry heat and being by a pool um, for some people. And then of course, I mean, there's Joshua Tree out here, which is just gorgeous. Um, That's been probably the hidden gem for me that I wasn't expecting was just Joshua Tree just being blown away. By that park um and actually actually joshua tree coffee Co- uh roasting company they're a coffee company out there. oh really um, they have fantastic coffee yes and okay. a lot of shops out in palm springs use their beans um, with good reason they've been probably my favorite coffee shop that i found out here
0: that's great yeah because i remember talking to you i don't remember if i had a gig in palm springs or if i was just passing through palm springs but You're i remember a talking or something, to you right maybe yeah maybe i was like Maybe it was when I was, like, going to be on tour. And, um, yeah, I was, like, I got to stop in Palm Springs and hang out with you and figure out coffee there. Because I was, like, (laughs) I know nothing about this area. (laughs) I was, like, but I do know someone that's nearby. (laughs) 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 So um, is there – okay, so Phoenix is four hours for you, and then Joshua Tree. Is there any other traveling around there that you've done that's, like, something maybe uh, if I was going to be, like – uh traveling through. Is there something that I should see or miss or
1: mm, I'll be honest, I'm a horrible local. I haven't really gone out and well you haven't what, done much.
0: <laughs> what made it hard
1: to go out and explore is when the quarantine <laughs> happened in February, right? Um, yeah or was it March. Um so I mean when the state and even now technically like we're at a stay at home order, right? People they really don't want you going outside, which in this heat I don't really want to anyway. Um so that kind of slowed down any um exploration I wanted to do. Yeah. I know there's a lot of uh cool hikes and trails out here. I've done a couple, Mm -hmm. um, the whole Joshua, like pioneer town. I know Pappy and Harriet's is a very famous, um, restaurant. A lot of bands before they became like, I know Arctic monkeys has performed there before they became, you know, the Arctic monkeys. Um, so that's kind of a
0: famous joint. Um, again, Joshua tree. Yeah. Um, So, um, mentioning staying at home, uh, are you making your own cold brew now?
1: Yeah. And that's actually what I've been transitioning to a lot more lately. Um, you know, cause by the time I moved to Palm Springs, I had to review just about every shop in San Diego. Um, the only reason I have not ever reached my goal is because new shops keep opening up in San Diego, 100%, um, which is, yeah. which is awesome. You know, that's a great problem to have. <laughs> um, so, but by that time, you know, I'd kind of gotten, my content had to, expanded enough to where I wasn't really just reviewing anymore. You know, I was writing blog posts, I was blog, podcasting. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to get into was kind of doing more at home things and recipes and playing more around with, you know, immersion cold brews because that's always from the beginning strike my interest and in like, wow, you know, what other flavors can we impart onto coffee? Um, and from a nutritional standpoint, you know, without having to add calories or sugar is awesome. So When the quarantine happened, that's kind of what I started to focus more on. Um, Of course, trying to support coffee shops through buying their beans online. Um, And then once it became open, trying to, you know, go there and give them support. But also just kind of seeing, you know, hey, if I add, uh, the other day I added peaches to my cold brew. Um, When it was brewing, I'm like, hey, if I had peaches, what happens? (laughs) Spoiler alert, um, not what I thought was going (laughs) to happen. Playing around and seeing like, hey, like what? What can we create? Um, Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, And kind of just also trying out different coffees from different shops that I hadn't either tried before um, or, you know, maybe they are across the nation. Just quarantine was a good excuse to go out there and support them and kind of see what their cold brew was like.
0: Okay. So, uh, out of all the things you've done at home, is there something that you're like, oh, I'm going to be making this more often?
1: Uh, I actually perfected my, uh, coconut cold brew recipe inspired by Mostra. Um, I finally got it down so I can recreate their cold brew at home. Um, okay. it's really easy to make. I'm actually going to release it here in a couple of days on my Instagram. Um, uh, nice. super delicious, super easy to do. Got all the, two ingredients I got from Trader Joe's. Um, and then I have a couple other recipes that I've nailed down that I'll be sharing. Um, eventually on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, I kind of also want to get back into videos too. Videos was something I was doing a lot of earlier on when I first yeah. started. Um, I would review cold brew makers because um, I was kind of exploring that avenue and seeing like what makers I liked or disliked. And, you know, taking a picture of a maker doesn't really do anything, right? You kind of have to see someone using it, um, yes. to get a good idea and good feel, you know, for how to, you know, work it and see if it's for you or not. Um, so early on I was doing review videos of these makers um, and I don't really do that anymore because I found a maker that I like the best, um, which is Alto Cool Brew, with their bags.
0: Um, yeah, their bags are great. They great. are the
1: best. I love I love that company. I love those guys. I love their product. Um, I, yeah. I could sing high praises for Alto forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they're great people. And uh, like my background is... Like I've worked in shops, and so I've only done like with like toddies and making like gallons at a time, you know, just like large batches of cold brew. Uh, when I started making cold brew at home, totally lost because I was like, n- none of this transfers to when you're making a tiny amount in your fridge. For me,
1: <laughs> yeah, and so, I like the the cleanup. I hate dealing with coffee grounds. Um,
0: yeah, fun just... times. <laughs>
1: I actually accidentally clogged my um, garbage disposal a couple months ago. I was really? so fed up. I wasn't using an Alto. I was doing something else. Um, I think I was using a French press for something. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll just dump this down the sink. And then forgot, like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. Um, and so I was running my dishwasher, and all of a sudden my sink starts just flooding with coffee grounds. Oh, no. <laughs> so a friendly reminder, everybody, you cannot put coffee grounds in your sink, unfortunately. <laughs> you got dump it the old-fashioned way. But, I mean, with the alto cold brew it's great because you know it's literally in the bag you just take the bag and toss it um so the cleanup yeah. is here so a little promo code if you're interested in trying alto cold brew you can use my code chick for 25 percent off plus free shipping there you go i feel yeah. like the back of my podcast again <laughs> yeah yeah
0: right <laughs> this is brought to you by alto <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they uh uh yeah they have like all sizes for their bags too so they even have like stuff for at home and then like even all the way up to like large bags because they gave me like a when I saw them at coffee fest they gave me like a sample of like everything and I was surprised all the different things they make
1: yeah and what's great too is that they've expanded now we actually in conjunction with them um took over the cobra competition at coffee fest um so this last coffee fest that happened in New York in March was the first time we were trying it out um, oh nice yeah, and so I actually got to be a judge. I was one of the cold brew judges
0: for that Ooh, competition. Um,
1: and it's a bit different from when you were a judge. I don't know if you saw.
0: No, what's different now.
1: So now what we're doing, um, there's two parts to it. Well, I take that back. It's one part. Um, you know, <laughs> So previously at the cold brew competitions, um, you would have nitro and then you would have regular cold brews, right? And then each company or each competitor would have a table. And people would go down the line, and there would be eight cold brews at a time. And then there would be two people going against each other, right? And then you vote for which one was your favorite between the two. And then the judges would be behind a curtain, you know, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, (laughs) uh, trying the cold brews and then judging them themselves, right? So that's how the Mm -hmm. original competition used to be, kind of a bracket style. Um, What we did is we kind of changed it up a little bit. And now it's also not just about the cold brew, but it's about the presentation of the cold brew, right? So what happens is a competitor gets up on, not necessarily a stage, but, you know, in front of the judges. And then they talk about their cold brew. They talk about their company. um, And they sample both a black cold brew, just an original cold brew, and then a cold brew creation. And the creation can be whatever they want. Um, It can be, you know. 10 ingredients. It can be one uh, one ingredient, two ingredients, whatever. Um, But then they create that drink and then they serve it to the judges.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: So this was the first time we had done it. Um, Definitely learned a lot from it. um, But I think people really enjoyed the presentation side of it, you know, getting a chance to talk about their company and their coffee and what makes them unique in front of an audience. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: And then we were able to let people sample the cold brews afterwards too to still keep the audience involved um and so it was really cool to see the, the creation side of it what people came up with and the cold brew that won, oh, it still blows my mind it's a coffee company i'm blanking on their name but they're based in scranton pennsylvania okay. like the office um and it was a root beer float cold brew and okay it was as good as it sounds like you could taste the root beer you could taste like the vanilla creaminess of the ice cream you could still taste the coffee i mean it was just oh it
0: was wow amazing. that sounds delicious i'm was- definitely gonna try to make something like that and <laughs> well, i'm will, trying to i will to fail to
1: release their recipe <laughs> <hopefully> <laughs> so people can make it um, yeah, yeah that's a
0: great idea i yeah, would so i would love that
1: yeah. So we were trying to we were gonna make some changes for these upcoming Coffee Fests. However, Coffee Fest has been canceled for the rest of this year because of COVID. So we'll have to wait till next year
0: to yeah uh, yeah get
1: back to judging and trying. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun to it was a lot harder to be a judge than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. I don't know if you felt this way, but you're a little like empathetic, I guess, towards the people that made it. Um. So I never wanted to be like too harsh right because you know it's well
0: yeah that was the difference between doing like when i was an espresso judge and when i was like a cold brew judge because like the espresso competitions was in front of the crowd and i'm looking the person in the eye when i say these things about their their espresso right Mm -hmm. and so it is very different than when i was a cold brew judge where you're like just around judges and you can kind of like talk out your thoughts a little bit more and be like, do I feel this way? Do I not feel this way? You know, like a little bit. Yeah. Um, you can kind of like uh, ponder on it more instead of having the person like s- literally waiting for your answer. Yeah. Like, right on the spot. And so it was, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's Uh. yeah. It's hard for me to look someone in the eyes and say anything bad about their coffee. <laughs> 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 I mean, even even if it was horrible, I still, it's, it's hard. It is hard, but you're like, and then, you know, as the judging goes on, all of a sudden, all those amazing coffees are against each other in the final rounds. And now you're only having amazing coffee and you have to be, which one's the most amazing of these amazing coffees? And yeah. that can be just as hard because you're like, now I got a life. You know, maybe I even said some amazing words about it before, and now I got to be a little more harsh on it now. And it's just—it's judging is hard, but uh, yeah, yeah. But it's—it's it's so fun to do because I get a—I get a trial but, <laughs> <So.
1: laughs> And going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, like everyone has different views. what um, makes a great cold brew, right? Some people yeah. like richer, deeper, darker, chocolatey notes, which is kind of more where I lean. Whereas a lot of people in the coffee industry prefer Lighter roasts, more acidity, brighter notes, um, and kind yeah. of fall more into that camp. And it's not so much that if one cold brew tastes one way or the other that it's bad or wrong. You know, it's it, it, a little bit does come down to preference. So I always say I like my cold brew how I like my men bold, smooth, and delicious. So <laughs> as, long as, it, as long as it hits those three, you know, and it's made well, then we're good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. I understand that, and I didn't. I didn't really know that until I started like traveling more and trying different because you go to different cities and it's very dependent on what that that person that owns the shop and then also maybe the customers, you know, because of mm-hmm. course it, it has to sell. And so it was interesting of being like my own world of like working at a shop of what I thought espresso should be and what I thought cold brew should be and then going to other shops and they're like, no, we like the bitter and we like the dark and we like the, you know, or or very light shops that are very like lightly roasted everything. Um, yeah, very interesting how uh you think it, in your mind, you're like, Yeah, it's either good or bad and they're like there's so many complex details and people's taste buds and and uh yeah. Right now, do you feel like you're more leaning towards making videos and writing and then home experiments? Is that where everything's leading or
1: I go back and forth all the time. Um, like I said, you know, I've been doing this for three and a half years and I don't like to consider myself a quote unquote influencer, but that technically is the space that I'm in, right? So you have to look at well, how do most influencers, you know, make money or create a business from something, right? Usually it's through product, um, Subscription, not subscriptions, but product partnerships, right? Um, but being in the spot that I'm in, I always want to stay fairly impartial to coffees, right? Yeah. I don't want to um, claim favorites um, because I'm always exploring. I'm always, you know, trying to. And I, I, I'm less critical of coffee now than I used to be. I used to give actually a rating to cold Brews. Now I don't do that anymore. I phase that out um, because I always am now trying to look more for positives when it comes to coffee and cold Brew. Um, so I'm kind of in this place where I'm trying to figure out, well, what exactly do I want to do? And that's why my content is kind of in a mixture of everything. Um, I definitely want to go back to videos. Um, I used to do musical theater before I did nutrition. So I, I'm naturally a performer. I like to be in front of people. I like to present. That's kind of my thing. Um, so videos have always been just very fun and natural for me. Um, so that's, that is definitely an area I want to get back into, um, so why,
0: mm-hmm. oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I At just... this
1: point, I'm just kind of, I, I think about this daily and I ramble and I, I like come up with different ideas and different, you know, suggestions all the time. Um, I could talk about this for 10 minutes because I have so many, <laughs> I get so lost and confused. And yeah, it's just, it's something I think about daily. And I, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out.
0: Um, yeah, I just, uh, I am curious about that because I have always in my, Instagram stories or whatever. I like talking coffee, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely part of me as a person. And uh, but it's like, I, I'm curious why you stop doing like a, like a review, like score, um, and like lean towards just like positive notes. Um, because I go back and forth on that too, because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But like when I like try coffees or I'm out at a shop and I maybe want to give like a review I've thought of doing like a one through eight or a one through 10 scale, Mm -hmm. but like, I also feel like sometimes it's like not the most appropriate way. So I want to know your thoughts on that.
1: It's, yeah, it's tough. Um, The reason why I kind of shied away from it was because, you know, a lot of the reviews I was doing were of small shops and small companies, right? Um, And if I left a bad review, it made the shop look bad even if I was only reviewing one thing, right? So if I said this shop, you know, has bad cold brew, that could maybe deter someone from going to that shop, right? Mm,
0: Um,
1: And affecting a small business, which didn't sit well with me. And the thing is kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? Is yes, to an extent, you can tell the cold brew is good or bad by certain things, but a lot of it is preference as well, right? So very early on when I was reviewing cold brew, when I was first going to coffee shops, I did not like cold brews with any acidity or any brightness. So if I had a cold brew, you know, that was made with a a light roast, washed process Ethiopia, you know, mm-hmm. all those bright lemony notes. Oh, God, look, I probably gave mm-hmm. it a two or a one because I just like to me, it was undrinkable. How can yeah. I enjoy this? Right. I was looking for my chocolate, my hazelnut notes, my richness, you know, that was the cold brew that I enjoyed. Um, And then, you know, two years later, if I tried that cold brew again, I probably would enjoy it. Maybe not as much as a, you know, a chocolatey or cold brew, but I would at least be able to recognize that it was a cold brew well-made, right? Because those lemon notes came out um, not too bright and it was very clear. You know, I just, I drink coffee differently and I knew how to experience it differently, after talking to people and drinking a lot of coffee um so kind of when when i realized that and then realized that the impact a bad review could have on a business that's when i decided to stop doing the numbers Um, and instead if i do have a cold brew if i have a cold brew um that just flat out i know is not made well or it's not good i will privately um because i do get sent cold brews from time to time from companies or i get sent coffee i will privately message them and i'll let them know like hey um, I, I won't do a poster. Hey, I didn't enjoy this. This is why. Um, or, you know, if it's a shop, if there's something else that's positive about it, maybe it's a beautiful shop. Um, maybe the customer service was amazing. Maybe it was just an off day, you know, maybe I'll still do a post about it, but then I just kind of spin it. And I, you know, I won't lie. I won't say the Culver is great if it wasn't great, but you know, I'll, I'll highlight other things and maybe just say, that's that, a good point. Oh, Colbert was okay, yeah. but here's what really made the experience was, you know, this, this, and this. yeah um, So just kind of reframing what I want my content to do. And if I am a quote unquote influencer, you know, what do I want to influence? Right. Ultimately I want to influence people to drink more cold brew. And if I yeah. give a bad review, that's not going to influence someone to drink cold yeah. brew. So
0: that's yeah, because there's a, there's even a shop here in Phoenix that I love and you're a hundred percent right about what you said. Cause when I first went there, I was like, I like the atmosphere. This is a great place to hang out. But I had a latte there and, then, and I did not like it at all. I thought it was terrible. And I was like, oh wow, okay. So in my mind, I was just like, I don't even wanna try anything else. And then one day I tried their cold brew and it was amazing. And I was like, okay, I can get cold brew here. And then I tried their drip coffee and their drip coffee was amazing. And I still go there often. But I clearly like know that their espresso is way off than what I like. And their cold brew is like really good and their drip is really good. So it's like, but exactly. If I just made a post that I was like, oh, espresso is terrible. I think everyone, including me, would be like, yeah, I don't want to go back there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also kind of also subtly, you can tell, you know, who am I posting about? the most right if I post about a shop a lot or if you notice that I'm drinking this cold brew a lot I probably you know really really like it (laughs) and that's where I suggest people go
0: okay so um is there any uh I I you don't have to because I know it's kind of like uh uh picking your favorite child but is there? that's what I tell
1: people I already know what you're gonna ask
0: (laughs) (laughs) is there any online right now because I'm big into like supporting businesses that are like smaller and they, you know, I would rather buy my espresso or dripper anything from them online right now and get it shipped. Is there anyone that's doing, I'll, I'll put this in there as a, to narrow it down for you. Is there anyone that's doing a really great job or really crushing it with like the online process and they've really kind of like stepped up their game and uh, has surprised you maybe even, or someone that, Someone that's just really crushing it with the online selling and that you would suggest to people to check out.
1: Hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me what my favorite cold brew or like what cold brew I'd recommend. Um, you you kind of uh, threw me for a surprise there with the online experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was like, I was going to ask you a favorite cold brew kind of on like that you could order but then I was like, I got to add something to make it a little harder for you.
1: And <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Because it is, it is unfortunately uh, difficult and pricey to ship cold brew because you do have to keep it cold. Yeah. Um, assuming that it's not, you know, pasteurized or hasn't been made shelf stable. Um, <laughs> there is a company um, and they came to mind because I actually just drank their cold brew. Uh, it's a company based out of Indiana called circadian coffee. Um, and they actually competed at Coffee Fest in Indianapolis, which was last year. Okay, yeah. Um, they won third place for the competition. And what was really, what they were doing really cool um, with their online experience was they were, uh, they had a single origin cool brew. I'm blanking right now on what the origin exactly was, but 100% of the profits went to the NAACP um, in support of Black Lives Matter. So that was really cool. I was very happy to, um, give my money towards that um and the, the coffee was fantastic i made a very delicious like almost creamy cold brew it's very rare for me to get a creamy mouthfeel um okay in a cold brew um so i was really surprised by that um and i also got a bag of their cold brew blend which is what they competed with um which uh, i believe the notes that they like to say is an orange jolly rancher <laughs> um wow. and they're right it's very delicious um and then another company that I recently uh, got as a birthday gift from a friend, they're called Three Keys Coffee. They're based in Houston. Um, they are a black-owned coffee company. And what's really cool about them um, is that they combine a playlist with their coffee. So when you purchase a bag of coffee, because they believe you know <laughs> coffee is a multi-sensory experience, right? And when you yeah. drink coffee, the only sense that you're not really exploring is your hearing, right? Every other sense, <laughs> you're technically you're... are a part of it, but not really hearing. So what's cool with them is that, you know, they want to take care of that part. Um, So they have a playlist that goes with each of their bags of coffee. And so when you make the coffee right and you're drinking it, the idea is you're playing this playlist while you're drinking it. And then you have the whole experience. So I got a blend and the uh, music on my playlist was a lot like Miles Davis, like old school jazz, um, which is, I love that music um and it was just something very unique i've never seen a coffee shop do something like that um the only time i've ever seen music and coffee kind of come together was i went to go visit a roaster in san diego and the the guy that was roasting was playing music while he was roasting and he believed that the, you know the energy from the music went into the coffee um but i've never seen you know coffee <laughs> and music go together you know post roasting you know as you're I drinking it, it. Yeah. And like, you know, for the single order of Brazil, it's Bossa Nova, which I love Bossa Nova. So just very, something, you know, different and unique. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really cool.
0: That's, that's amazing. I love that. I, uh, yeah, I, I love anytime you get to add just a little personal touch to something like that.
1: That's yeah, exactly.
0: Um, well, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for I having me. It. Yeah, this has been great. Uh, where can people find you online?
1: So I have a website, uh, www.coldbrewcheck.com. Um, and on there I also, I have a map, um, interactive that has all of the places that I've been to. Um, so if you're looking, if you're in San Diego and you're looking for cold brew spots, um, or if you're in any other city or even Palm Springs, um, you can type your zip code and you can see all the different cold brew shops that are near you. And my review is, you know, linked to it. Um, I'm also on Instagram at cool Chick. My YouTube is coolbrewchick. Uh, my podcast is the cool Chick podcast. I got lucky when I picked my name that it wasn't taken at all. <laughs> so I was able to claim it <laughs> on every platform. So we search cool Chick just about anywhere and that's where you'll find me.
0: That's great. Yeah. I appreciate it so much for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, I got my,
1: I got my ugh, now I'm itching to go record a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah go go record interview some great people there's so many people doing co- cool things in coffee
1: they so. are i need to i know covid kind of i feel like slowed everything down um yeah for everybody and
0: myself included
1: so i need to get back onto it
0: yeah yeah well i've been your host zach lyman this has been the zach lyman podcast and outro music <laughs>